Hey there. This is Rachel Lee. And Robin May. And this is The Problem with Perfect, the podcast for people who want to be freed from the joy-sucking, energy-taking, and judgment-clouding quest of perfectionism. We may be separated by more than two decades in age. But we are united for our passion for this, The Problem with Perfect. We'll be sharing our own struggles and interviewing experts on how to be authentically imperfect. Because let's be real, who wants to be around someone who's perfect anyway? Together, we can transform our thinking and let go of those thoughts that say we have to be it all and have it all to be worthy. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. We are somewhat live from the loft. Hey, Rachel, coming to you from Columbia today. Yes, Robin and I are doing our first ever remote podcast. We are practicing social distancing because we're trying to be responsible during the coronavirus. But we want to let you guys know that we are committed to excellence and we're going to do the best job we can at getting a quality audio recording to you as the coronavirus continues and as we decide the best way to deal with this as a country and as a problem with yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. If you have a problem with the audio being perfect, well, on one hand, good, because you have a problem with perfect and this is the podcast for you. And on the other hand, we do just ask for a little bit of grace as we move forward with the podcast. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about the coronavirus and specifically the fear that comes with it and just kind of how we can find some ways and strategies to deal with that fear we're facing during the coronavirus. But we're going to go about it a little bit, a little bit different than how we normally do. Robin, do you want to explain? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just kind of pull back the curtain a little bit for you listeners. As Rachel and I were contemplating, what could we talk about? What could we really use as a source that would be helpful and beneficial to our listeners? And really, as we pondered that, it was like, well, we can't really use anything from the CDC or we can't use this media outlet or that media outlet because the, the situation is so fluid, you know, mm-hmm. from one minute to the next, literally, it's just changing. So for us, it was important that we use a source that is unchanging. And so f- that's why we're doing something different today. And we're going to really be talking about how the, the Bible encourages us to deal with our fear how it helps us understand that our fear is normal. And really all these points that we're talking about today are going to come from a sermon and we'll link that in our show notes for you and encourage you to listen to it in its entirety because Rachel and I both agreed that amidst all of the unknowns and all of the chaos and all of the fear that this sermon was really helpful to both of us. Yes. And so not only is the sermon video and audio available, which we will link in our show notes, but there's a little transcript with some of the notes written out. So for you note takers out there, which we know you're high achievers, we will have that linked as well for you. So Robin, let's go ahead and get right into it. Rachel, the first thing that stood out to me about this was the whole idea that God knew that fear would always be the most powerful emotion at least in our fallen, broken world. Mm -hmm. And that for me, like, I wish I would have known this sooner. I'll just (laughs) be honest. Like, you know, when Matt was sick, I constantly sort of felt guilty about my fear. Oh, really? Like, I I did. It was like, I don't want to be fearful. Mm -hmm. You know, I trust God. I believe everything that God said is true, will be true. And I, I, I know he's with me. 
but yet I still struggled with fear. So fast forward three years, this fear with the coronavirus isn't isn't near as intense for me as that fear, mm-hmm. but it's it, it is an emotion that that I I know well. And so just knowing that, like, hey, God knew we were going to struggle with fear has been really helpful. Yeah, I I think that that's so interesting and. What you went through, Robin, with Matt getting cancer and you guys kind of had your own mini quarantine, I'm sure, for those months that he was receiving treatment, which I would love to hear more about throughout this podcast about your experience with that. So I think that's very unique. Um, But I know for me personally, just as somebody who hasn't had to face an obstacle like you had, fear is still very present in my life. And the more self-reflective I've become over the last few years, I've realized that I have two emotions that really drive me on an everyday basis, and that's fear and love. And unfortunately, I tend to go toward fear more than love mm-hmm. because it's a way to feel like, oh, I'm going to protect myself, right? Like I can, if I, I'm fearful, I go into protective mode. And so I see mm-hmm. that today in our society as we're fearful and we're stocking up on a year's worth of toilet paper. Or I went to the grocery store this week and I had to go to three different grocery stores to pick up just a few items. And consistently in each grocery sh- store, the shelves were empty. And I was nervous if people weren't standing six feet away from me or not. And for me personally, I think really the reason why I'm fearful is because I want to control. I want to control my life. I want to control the outcomes. I want to control the people around me. And Mm -hmm. anybody or anything that acts out of that kind of throws me off balance because I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm really not in control here. Absolutely. Which we never were in control in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and situations like this, uh, situations like cancer just remind us like, we are not in control. Yeah. Which is scary for us. And you go to the grocery store and you see things wiped out and you've never in your lifetime went to the grocery store and seen that, right? Yeah. So it pushes us out of our comfort zone. And if it's not comfortable, it's often fearful. So everything right now is new, uncharted territory, which is why fear and then like the things that come with that, Mm -hmm. right? Like anxiety, which we talk so much about on this program are just very, very real right now for a lot of us. I don't think anybody can say that our country and really people around the world aren't driven by fear because of the things that we had just said. But as you mentioned earlier, which I think was such a great point, is that things are changing on an hour-to-hour basis about Mm -hmm. schools closing, restaurants closing, And people canceling their weddings because people won't come Mm -hmm. because of the coronavirus. And so, like you said, we had to think, okay, what's outside of that? What's something that doesn't change? And that's our God and the word of God in particular. And when I say God's word, I mean the Bible. And so God speaks to us through his word. It's God breathed and God inspired. And what I really appreciate is that fear is talked about more than 300 times in the Bible. And so I'm going to do a mom reference, even though I'm not a mom, I'm a dog mom. So maybe I can say that if I want Ollie or little podcast mascot to do something, a lot of times I have to tell him multiple times before he gets the message. And so for Mm -hmm. me, I think hearing that God knew that we'd have so much fear and he would speak into our lives about fear through these 300 verses, Mm -hmm. it brings me a lot of comfort to know that that is 
he meets us there. He meets us in our fear. Yeah. Yeah. Our fear might surprise us. It might disappoint us. It might in some ways make us feel less than, but he knew all of those things. Mm. And depending who you ask, I think this is really interesting that, that the exact number of times that fear is mentioned in the Bible is somewhere in the 350 mark. Wow. So depending on the number of days in the year, it's almost as if God said, Hey, look, I got you. I know that you are going to struggle with fear on a daily basis, Wow! which I just think is so beautiful. I think that is really powerful and true to the human experience. Those other, yeah. those other days are the <laughs> days that people are on vacation, <laughs> so they're not fearful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you talked about the, you know, the un- inspired word of God. It's interesting because... As soon as uh, Adam and Eve, in the, they're in the garden and they've sinned. And, and when God comes upon them in the garden, you know, the first thing he says to them is, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, and oftentimes those are God's first words to whoever he's talking to. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I, I know for me, um, you can't, you can't see this at home, but Rachel, you can see this through, through our Zoom. But mm-hmm. I've talked to you about this before. Yep. This, this is my, uh, my Rolodex of verses about fear. And boy, I'm telling you what, these suckers were life sustaining in the most fearful times for me. Why don't you read our listeners at home one that's really meaningful to you and got you through that time of fear? Mm. Okay. This is one of my favorites. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, which you can see why that was meaningful to me. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Mm. So Mm -hmm. for my son who was laying in a bed, like that promise was just so important for me. But I think even as we think about ourselves and our culture on a a more symbolic, bigger picture, Mm -hmm. that it's a beautiful reminder that, you know what? We will soar again. And we will run again and not and not grow faint. So this is a temporary situation. I like how you use the word again, because it's implying that you still may get the virus. It's quite possible. Mm -hmm. There could be a large percentage of us who do get the virus and that just because we're Christians doesn't mean that these bad things are going to Mm -hmm. not happen to us or that we're exempt from hard things happening in our lives. But we have this greater hope that our lives are part of a bigger story and that no matter if we get the virus or if we die or, you know, or if Matt gets cancer when he, when he got cancer, that that doesn't mean that God has the final say and that ultimately our trust is in him. But Robin, for me, the way that fear presents itself in my life is control. So the problem with fear is that it can make us feel like God isn't in control, right? Mm. So whenever I'm afraid, I realize that I'm not in control, which as we discussed earlier, we're really not in control to begin with. That's an illusion, but God Mm -hmm. is in control. But the problem with fear is that it makes us feel like God isn't in control. And so how in these times where everything seems so uncertain and we feel like, oh my gosh, this is literally impacting the entire world. This isn't just my little life. This isn't a worldwide epidemic. Mm-hmm. How do we handle that and remind ourselves that God is the one in control? Yeah. 
Well, I think number one, we have to constantly be renewing our mind. Mm -hmm. And you and I personally talk about how important that is for our overall emotional or spiritual health. But I think it's a great point to make on this podcast is like you have to constantly be renewing your mind with something. So is it going to be the latest CDC report or, or could it be? you know, some promises from the Bible. And when you were making that last point, I was thinking too about one of my favorite verses is John 16, 33, where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, in this world, you will have troubles. Mm -hmm. You will, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And so renewing your mind for me on verses like that is just critically important. But another thing I'll, I'll say um, is what about this idea that when we think about God and when we think about the name for God or Lord, like when the Bible, when it says Lord in all caps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that really mean? And you and I are not theologians and we don't study um, ancient Hebrew, but what we know from our study is that that, that word translated means I am. Mm -hmm. or Yahweh, Mm -hmm. which means shalom or peace, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think, and you tell me if if it's meaningful to you, this whole idea that the I am, I am is present tense and Mm -hmm. that all of these scriptures and all these promises, as well as the presence of God, they are all present tense. They mean it is all happening now. Yeah, that is really powerful to me. And I think something where you say you need to renew your mind, you have to constantly remember that our God is not a God of the past, but a God of the present and the future. And even though we're all freaking out, he's not freaking out. He's not surprised by this at all. And I wanted to clarify while it's on my mind with the point that I don't think that we should not be consuming the news or not be keeping up to date with the information that we need to know, but it's a both and because we can, Mm -hmm. we can say, yes, this is the news. This is what's happening. I'm a good informed citizen and God is still in control. God is still Yahweh. God is still, I am. And because of that, we know that we can trust him and that he is in control. Yeah, absolutely. And then just this idea that God is just so much bigger than you or I can fathom or imagine. Mm-hmm. And and knowing that he is 100% with me here, Rachel, and he can be 100% here with me without not being 100% with you in Kansas City in the loft. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just so much bigger than 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 we can fathom. I was going to say, it's hard to wrap your mind around that. And for our listeners who maybe you don't have faith who are listening right now, you could be like, what? (laughs) And feel free to message us. We'd love to talk to you more about that. We're just scratching the surface here. But God is personal. He is with us now. He was with us through all the struggles we've been been through before, and he's going to continue to be there with us as we go through the unknown of coronavirus in the upcoming weeks and months. Absolutely. And I'll just add one thing to that before we move on to our third point. And that is like, not as God, not only is God with us and will always be, but you know, God is a good God mm-hmm. and it's that goodness and trusting in, in that God is good. Even when good things aren't happening in the world, it doesn't change that he's in control. It does. It doesn't change that he's good. And we have to just, in some ways have faith in those things. And, and honestly, 
I think that this presents an opportunity. We don't have to have faith in anything unless there's fear present. So our fear throws us into a faith crisis mm-hmm. uh, where the, we're, we're going to believe it or we're not. That we're not. We're going to believe that God's in control and that he's good or we're not. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, it's kind of like Katina a couple weeks ago when she was talking about when we feel that anxiety building in our body. Um, it's an opportunity for us to practice breathing and to strengthen, strengthen um, those breathing muscles and that parasympathetic response. And I think that this whole situation is we can see it, it could just be an opportunity too to like strengthen our faith. Yeah. And I think even the Yahweh and the breath of that back in the olden days, I don't know all the theology behind it, but that he is with us as natural as breathing and just mm-hmm. recalling that. But yet as Katina discussed in an earlier episode, you can still practice your breathing and practice your breath and you can still practice in your mind, remembering that God is, I am, and that he is present with you today. And Robin, I also wanted to say that to me, it is so powerful hearing you say that not only is God with us, but God is good because you went through hell and you went through your son (laughs) being sick and the possibility of losing your son. And so I just wanted to ask you before we move on to our next point is how do you, how do you personally reconcile with yourself that God is good when you went through such a horrible crisis in your life? Well, a couple things. First of all, it is trusting the word of God to be true. Mm-hmm. And f- for all of us, one of the verses that we clung to, which uh, you can kind of see it on my wall behind me, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy, is that he will use all things for our good and for his glory. Mm-hmm. So we always trusted that he would use Matthew's cancer for good, even when we couldn't see the good. And the second thing I would say about that is that I had to personally reconcile the ending of Matt's story Mm -hmm. and his story is going to end the way that my story is going to end and the way that your story is going to end. And that is going to be in death. Mm -hmm. Like none Mm -hmm. of us are going to survive this world. We still all have a hundred percent chance of dying. And so for me, knowing that if God called Matthew to be with him, that Matthew was ultimately going to be freed from all of the mourning and the grief and the sadness and the disappointment that this broken world brings. And so as much as it would break my heart to live here on the earth without him, that I know that he is headed for something that's so much more beautiful and fulfilling than I can even imagine, which again is just about trusting that what God says is true. Yeah. Uh, That's so beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that because (laughs) I think your perspective and having gone through what you've gone through just really it holds weight in a way that other people sometimes Aww. like it, it wouldn't hold the same weight coming from me. So thank you. Well, thanks because I always say, you know, we lick the floor of hell, so we don't want licking the floor of hell to go to waste. So thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our third, our third point that we really took away from this sermon that we wanted to discuss with our listeners is that faith and fear can coexist. Robin, you mentioned earlier that you almost feel guilty about mm-hmm. your fear. You think it's bad or you think, mm-hmm. oh, well, maybe if I have fear, then I'm not trusting God enough. Or I think a lot of a Christianese Christian term people like to say a lot is like, well, if you have peace about it, then it's God's yeah. will. It's like, um, anything big I've had to do in my life, I've had fear with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've yeah. had faith. 
and I've had fear. The fear has not gone away. And so I think that that's really important to, to let people know is that fear is natural. As we discussed, God knew we'd have fear. He repeated it more than 300 times in the Bible uh, through these verses. But faith and fear can coexist. Yeah, again, I, I think that is so empowering because what it's saying to me personally is that your faith doesn't have to be perfect. God doesn't expect perfection. Mm-hmm. He just wants us to come as we are with our imperfect faith. Uh, again, one of my favorite verses is from the New Testament where the man says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that is just like where I live most days. It's a constant, oh, yes, but for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think just for me. I think it's probably for most of us. Um, so I just found that so incredibly empowering and just helped me feel better about the fact that, again, the whole idea that not only can they coexist, but, but God like kind of knew that they had to coexist. So it's almost like, again, creating that opportunity for the whole coronavirus, like for good to come of it. And that can we grow our faith in these times of fear? Yeah. And David, who's one of the main people in the Bible, he wrote Mm -hmm. most of Psalms, which is a huge book in the Bible, one of the biggest chapters. And a lot of those Psalms, if you look through the emotions, there's lots of fear in there. And he did really big things for God's kingdom. And so to me, looking at that, I see that as an example for me that I can have fear and God can still use me in big ways. Yeah. That was such an aha moment for me. I was like, well, duh, no wonder I'm drawn to the, to the Psalms because those are the emotions that are that I feel. Yeah. 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 I totally connect with you, David. Yeah. I'm scared too, bro. So yeah, (laughs) I totally get you. And the other thing is, is like, when you think about like the last, uh, the end of Jesus's life and the night before he was crucified, you know, and, and you look at Mark's account of that, he says that he began to be distressed, alarmed, that Mm. his heart was heavy. And we're talking about Jesus here. Like clearly Jesus is the epitome of faith, right? That's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons he came on this earth was to show us what it looks like to put feet to our faith. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and again, just gave me such peace to see how this whole idea of faith and fear, they work together, even for Jesus. And so we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what the next day looks like. We don't know what the next week or the year or we just don't know. We don't know how this coronavirus is going to change our life, but here's what we do know, right? Mm -hmm. Is that God will use all things, even this for his glory. So for me, it's just helpful to focus on what we do know. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And Hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.